0: This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Taking out your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. And while you're turning to Acts uh, chapter 26, I'm going to read you one verse out of John 8, verse 12. To all of our friends that are here visiting, to you that are kicking the tires, so to speak, and checking out our local church. I do sincerely mean this welcome. You could have been anywhere today. You could have stayed at home or you could have been in worship elsewhere. Thanks for giving this church an opportunity to worship with you. And we just ask you to be yourselves. You're welcome here. And we don't expect anything from you other than your 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 openness and your heart and mind to maybe allow us to minister to you. So welcome, everybody. John 8. We're in a series called Light Up the Darkness, and it's taken from John 8, verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Who is? Jesus is. Jesus is the light of the world. Now, there's an offer made Jesus makes an offer right here, right now in Scripture, and it's very clear. He says, I'm the light of the world, and if you follow me, you will not walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. An offer made that's too good to pass up. You need to be a Jesus follower. Why? Because you'll have the light of life. Whenever you're walking in darkness, you'll stumble. Bad decisions, bad choices, bad thoughts that leads to bad lifestyles and bad lifestyles that have the results of misery. It may not be a salvational choice, but it very well could be a fruit choice. And Jesus says, I want to turn the light on in your life to where you're making choices that will leave you blessed and happy and content. Well, Jesus is the light of the world. Now, when you give your life to Christ, you now take on the role and the responsibility of lighting up the darkness around you. You become a lamp. You become a lamp and a light that's placed upon a hilltop. That's not turned down low and it's definitely not turned off. But you're called to be salt that flavors your surroundings and light that brightens up your surroundings. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is our fourth and final week in Light Up the Darkness. And today is my final subtopic, and it's entitled, Tell Your Story. If you want to light up the darkness of your loved ones and and classmates and, and, and coworkers, nothing will light up their dark world like your story if you were here last Sunday, you possibly remember our three most valid points of the day. Talking about a man named Paul. Paul had some false accusations made against him. He was accused of being a troublemaker, starting riots, causing all kinds of problems. He was accused of being a cult leader. And he was accused of, of desecrating the, the synagogue. He was found innocent of all these things, but a man named Felix that had the ability to either set him free or to keep him shut up and shut down in prison, he fell to political pressure, and even though Felix couldn't find him guilty of those three things, Felix just did not have the backbone to say, Paul, you're free to go, so he left him in prison. We'll speed the story up. Felix moves on to a, de- a different job. And Felix's position is replaced by a, name, a, a man by the name of Festus. So if any of you are expecting right now, if you're carrying a baby and you're looking for a name, consider Festus. <laughs> we'll be talking about you for a long time. So we have Festus. He now has the responsibility of, of, of deciding Paul's future and his destiny but he's perplexed just like Felix was his predecessor he he's perplexed and he doesn't know what to do so he calls on a guy here's another good name for you he calls on a man named Agrippa Agrippa so he says Agrippa I need you to help me make this decision well you know Agrippa shows some wisdom and Agrippa rolls in and there's Paul 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 is 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 stooped over he's been in prison now for a couple of years He's got the the chains around his hands and his feet. And Agrippa is so so wise. He says, "I'm, I'm here to hear about these accusations against you. Everybody's told me all about you. And before I make my decision, I think I need to hear your story. So Paul tells Agrippa his side of the story. How many of you know that there's more than one side of the story? My pastor, Bishop Ron Lyles, he's preaching in Austin, Texas today. Matter of fact, did anybody see that brother jumped out of an airplane yesterday? Man, no, 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 no. He jumped out of an airplane yesterday. Man, we have got to get him sober. Mm -mm. So Bishop Ron, Bishop Ron's always told me when it comes to stories, there's always your side of the story, their side of the story, and then there's the truth. And Paul has had all kinds of stories told against him. And Agrippa wanted to hear his side of the story. So Paul states it, and I'll fast forward here just and give you the end of where we're going before we begin. The truth is revealed. But this is how Paul starts it. Paul basically says, Agrippa, thank you for allowing me to tell you my story. And he starts things off by making sure that Agrippa knew that he that stood before him was not always who he was then. He told Agrippa his past. And if you're going to make a difference in your community, if you're going to change Hughes Middle School, if you're going to change Kerr, if you're going to change BHS and Centennial, if you're going to change Alcon, if you're going to change uh, all of these wonderful businesses that you work at, if you're going to change where you're selling the vehicle and where you're practicing law, if you're going to change your street, your neighborhood, and your community, you better know where you came from. There's nothing more profound than the story of who someone used to be that has had a change in their life. That kind of story is greater than any sermon ever preached. And Paul, he starts things out in Acts chapter 26 and verses number 4 through 5 and verses 9 and 11. Paul says, this is what you need to know, Agrippa. The man standing before you, I had the most thorough Jewish training from my earliest childhood. I was trained among my own people and in Jerusalem. And if they would admit it, they would know that I have been a member of the Pharisees. And then Paul gives a little clarification of that particular group. He says, the Pharisees, the strictest sect of our religion. Now, in the New Living Translation... These next four words are game changers that everybody needs to hear. Paul then says in verse 9, I used to believe. I used to believe. You cannot have a new you until there be a flipping of the page from the old you. I worry and I struggle and I'm burdened and I hurt and long for people that say that they're a born-again Christian, but there's not one single identification mark that they're not different than how they used to be. And I'm not here to beat anybody up. I'm here to encourage you to and pull you and stretch you to consider, are you able to say... That today, because of the blood of the Lamb, because of Jesus Christ, that you're different than how you used to be. And Paul said, I used to believe that I ought to do everything I could to oppose the very name of Jesus, the Nazarene. Indeed, I did just that in Jerusalem authorized by leading priests, I caused many believers to be sent to prison. I cast my vote against them when they were condemned to death. Agrippa, you want my story? My story doesn't start here in these chains and shackles. My story started as a child. I was brought up in the way of hating Christianity, I was schooled, I was educated, I became, I was promoted, and I matured and developed into being one of the most hateful people that Christianity's ever seen. I would send people to their death because of their belief in Christ. Agrippa, before you believe any accusations about me, I need to tell you my past. My past is pretty dark. My past is pretty dark. I would kill Christians. He says in verse 11, many times I had Christians punished in the synagogues just to get them to curse Jesus. I was so violently opposed to them that I even chased them down to foreign cities. I would cross my jurisdiction lines. I would go to however far of a distance I could go just to see another Christian suffer. So Agrippa, you want my side of the story. I can't fight for my freedom today without you knowing where I've come from. And everyone in this service today, I want you to give me your full attention for a few minutes. You're either going to fall into one of these two camps. You either, as a born-again child of God, you need to reflect every now and then on just where God's brought you from. Don't you get so let me let me just kind of put my preaching hat on for a minute. Don't you get so heavenly minded and so sanctified and so Christian and so born again that you forget that you once were lost as a sinner in darkness. It's it's beneficial for us to look back over our life every now and then, and remember what's been covered by the blood of the Lamb. Now, I told you there's two camps. There's others of you, you're stuck in your current that needs to become your past. You hope, you, you, you try, you, you pray, and you plead for this to come to an end, and for you to have a new beginning. There's only one way. That you can ever have a future and that is close the door on your past and move into where God's wanting you to be. And where he's wanting you to go is into a place of victory, into a place of forgiveness, into a place of grace. He wants to push the reset button on your yesterday and let you get a new fresh start on a whole new life. But you can't if you don't recognize where you are. So you either need to recognize where you are and be grateful for where you've come from. Or you need to recognize where you are and reach up and ask Jesus to take you into a new direction. Can I get an amen today? Amen. 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 So Paul starts things off. He's like, you need, to know, you need to know my past. But then, oh my goodness, this is where it gets so good. Paul says, that was my past. But let me tell you when and where I was when everything changed. Because if you ever have a real change, you'll know when and where it happened. You know, I've asked people before, so when did you give your life to Christ? You know, it was back there about, um, uh, I think it was in the 1980s. In in the 80s? Yeah, somewhere around there. It could have been in the 70s. Listen to me. If you've ever had an absolute mind-blowing heart transformation, I got a feeling you know when and where you were. And Paul said, by the way, Agrippa, let me tell you, I don't want to just tell you what I used to be because that's giving an idea that things are different. Let me tell you when and where they became different. So Paul picks up in verses number 12 through 15, and Paul says this. He says, you know, one day, one day, don't you love that? Not sometime. He said, one day. One day, I was on such a mission. What mission? To, 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 to kill a Christian. I was on a mission to bring hatred to the Christian family. I was on a mission to Damascus, armed with the authority and the commission of the leading priest. And about noon, not just one day, it was about noon. Central Standard Time, about noon. It was about noon your majesty, that I was on the road. I wasn't wasn't just on somewhere. I was on the road. I was on the road to Damascus one day at about noon. And he says, a light. Someone shout a light. A light light from heaven brighter than the sun shone down on me. I fell down and I heard a voice saying, Saul, wait a minute. Saul? Oh, Agrippa, you didn't know? My name used to be Saul. I know you're thinking that my name's Paul, which it is, but this is where it all changed. So when I fell down and I heard a voice, Jesus asked me concerning my personal identification as Saul because that is the old man I used to be. He said, Saul why dost thou persecute me? Why are you doing this? Why are you bringing harm? Why are you, why are you trying to stop what I'm doing? And, and I love the New Living Translation, um, how it phrases this. He says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is useless for you to fight against my will. I'm going to have my way in your life. And I will knock you flat on your back. And I will blind you with a bright light. Just to get your attention, Saul. Because I have a plan for your life that's greater than what you think is success. You're chasing all of the darkness and I'm going to pull you into all the light. And he said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He says, well, who are you? I am Jesus who thou persecutest. And Agrippa, I've now told you my past. And I just told you what happened on that day when all the darkness of my heart left. And the light and the joy and the love of God. It flooded my soul, Agrippa. And can't you see Agrippa? His eyes are this big. His mouth dropped open wide. And he's kind of bent out of shape with old Festus. Festus, why do you tell me the other side of the story? I didn't know the other side of the story. I, 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 I just don't know what to do with him. I just wish, I wish old Felix was back here. All this is going down in a courtroom without a lawyer, but with a Story and Saul said everything changed that day. Well, can't you it's almost can't you hear it? Agrippa's almost it doesn't say it in the Bible but I can see it happening. Agrippa's like, "Tell me more. What what else happened? Is there anything else?" Oh yeah, there's plenty more. So Paul picks right up in verse 16 through 23 and he says, "And and Jesus then told me to get to my feet." This is massive. This is this is the foundation of this whole series for this church. If you ever give your life to Jesus Christ, get ready. Your, your, your identity's gonna change. The light's gonna brighten up your world, but then He's gonna send you to do something. You cannot have a full transformation and you just sit and stay where you've always been. God's plan for your life is to brighten things up with salvation. And to brighten things up to equip you. And he says, Saul, get on your feet. Get on my feet. Get on your feet. Because I'm fitting to do something powerful through you. you got to understand the core of this church. We teach it every year. And we reiterate it every single week in what we have our in, in place in our Next Steps uh, program here at our church. We, we teach this in Calvary's Kids. We teach this in our student ministry. We teach this throughout every, every single opportunity in this church. And that is we are called as a church to help people know who God is. We are called as a church to help people find their freedom from issues And then we help people understand what their purpose is and help them, assist them, lead them to make a difference. Paul knows God. Paul literally is working through his issues of his past, what I used to be. And here is Paul finding out what his purpose is. His purpose is not to be a leader of the Pharisees. His purpose is to write two-thirds of the New Testament. And Paul goes forward and makes a difference. He says, get to your feet. I've appeared unto you to appoint you as my servant, as my witness. Tell people. Tell people. Why, why, why people? Because people are the only thing going to heaven. <laughs> Newsflash. Nothing else is going to heaven but people. So what is your mission as the light of the world To reach people. This church's job is to populate heaven and bankrupt hell. Can I get an amen? Amen. Tell people. What people? All people. Tell people, Paul, that you have seen me. Tell them what I will show you in the future. And I will rescue you both from your own people and the Gentiles. Now listen to this. This is my last little statement. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to the power of God then they will receive forgiveness of their sins and they will be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me everybody listen to me real quick There has never been and there never will be an issue of available people to reach for Jesus. The book of Matthew puts it this way. The harvest fields are white. The harvest fields are ready. Your school, your community, your neighborhood, your place of employment. There are plenty of people, plenty of students that are ready to hear about Jesus. The people aren't. The issue the issue is we don't have enough laborers in the field we don't have enough people going we don't have enough people saying we don't have enough people telling I want to look into the eyes of every one of you in this room today. And I'm bringing this sermon to a close. If you're a junior in high school. If if you're a college student. If you're an educator. If you're an electrician running wire. A plumber digging pipe. If you're selling insurance. If you're moving vehicles at the car lot. It doesn't matter to me where you find yourself tomorrow. But you will be somewhere tomorrow. And you will have interaction with someone tomorrow that needs a savior. And there's not one single thing better for you to know than where you once were to where you are now and be clear in what your purpose is. If you can get a grip on your past and if you can get a grip on what happened in your heart and if you can get a grip on what your purpose is, ladies and gentlemen, you'll light up the darkness everywhere you go. It wasn't until Wednesday night in the tragedy that happened in the daylight hours that I began to see in this sermon a wonderful opportunity to slide something else in. So I closed this sermon, not changing topics. We're still in Acts 26, and we're still in the story of Paul. But I shift gears for a ministry opportunity. For every single one of you in this room, I want you to hear me clearly today. God wanted Paul to get to Rome. God had a plan for Paul to get to Rome. And I'm telling you, everything in hell, try to stop it. But God had his hand on everything that was coming against it. Well, what other few of those things? Well, first of all, he was never going to get to Rome if Felix had the backbone to put him in prison for life. But Felix couldn't do it. He was weak. And I believe that God had the weak leader in that moment to not be able to make the decision that someone else could have made. God had a hand in that. Then you have this incredible mob, this crazy group of people. Kill him, let's kill him, let's kill him, let's kill him. I mean, most of the time, those things don't go good. But God had a hand on it. And he didn't die. And then here comes old Festus. After Paul tells his side of the story, Agrippa and Festus and a few others go to the back room they sit down over some popcorn. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. What do you think? Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't think he's guilty of anything. To be honest with you. Man, we can't go out there and tell everybody in the streets that he's not guilty of everything. We'll get killed. Well, what are you going to do? Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just think the truth, though, is the man's innocent. I told you, truth always comes out. And they literally are on record saying, We don't think he's guilty of this and then the window of opportunity, and Paul says, send me to Rome. My point is this, God's hand is on your life. God will stick with you through the ups and through the downs, through the injustices and the justices He will stick with you through weeks of winning and weeks of disappointments. And I'm ministering to somebody in the Holy Spirit right now. You've been asking yourself all week long, where is God in this? God is with you in this. He's with you in this. There was a man named Joseph in the book of Genesis. He was accused of raping Potiphar's wife. Thrown in jail and not a lawyer to be found. And there wasn't one reason for him to think that he was ever getting out. And in the same chapter, the verse says, but God was with Joseph. And I close this service with a general reminder As we walk into September, God will be with you when you light up the darkness of your community if you'll let Him and trust Him. I very seldom make public my sermon details in advance. But September will be a special month. I have completely assembled September for you To use these topics as a filter to run through and see who it is that God's putting you in your life. The first week of September, we're going to be talking about overcoming stress. Again, September is a very, a very easy month for you to bring someone to salvation. Because there's not very few people you know that aren't dealing with stress. Week two, we're going to be talking about comparing ourselves to one another. This Instagram world's killing us. (laughs) Everybody put all their back-to-school pictures on, and one of our moms in our church said, here's my back-to-school picture, and that kid looked rough. (laughs) And I loved it. That was reality. We're going to be talking about overcoming comparison. We're going to be talking about overcoming. Y'all ready? You ready? You ready? Difficult relationships, co-workers, in-laws, husbands, wives, kids, church members. (laughs) Difficult relationships. But then the last two weeks are going to be stellar. Worship team, come on up with me. The last two weeks are going to be stellar because we're going to be talking about overcoming forgiveness. And then I can't wait for my girl, Laurel Bunker, to walk into this house because she's going to be preaching on overcoming offense. Because one of the most overlooked signs of the coming of the Lord is the spirit of offense. And there's not, I've offended 14 people in this sermon. And they're all behind me. I mean, think about how touchy we are. Last Sunday, somebody was mad because it was too cold in here. Too cold. It's 147 degrees outside. You're going to get on my backside because it's too cold. Let me give you the business card of a fellow pastor across town. Too cold? Offense. Offense. It's going to be a month that there's not one person There's not one person in this room that doesn't know somebody that's got to deal with some of these issues. And I'm setting the ball up on the tee. It's not a harvest issue. It's a labor issue. Who are you going to light up their darkness with your story over the next seven days? Let's stand.